Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch the show, download it anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show, and it's yours to listen to whenever you want. Doesn't have to be necessarily from the three to six hour here live. In the studios in Pitts, and it's 3.09 here in the station, 79 degrees and uh, partly sunny outside. Had some showers move through earlier. Well, it looks like the sun, it is humid outside, so you know, just be uh, prepared if you go outside. If you're around the, the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area today, you probably heard or saw the F-18 Super Hornet that was through our area landing at the airport here in Avoca. Uh, it was from uh, VFA-32. And no, it was not my son. So I saw some comments out there on the Scranton Wilkesbury Airport or Wilkesbury Scranton Airport, whichever you want to say at Facebook page. Um, they have some video of the uh, F-18 taking off after it was here, and and they come in from time to time to refuel or for a stopping area, uh, depending on what they're doing. If they're doing a cross country training or, or if they're just in the area stopping by to to talk to show preparers for future shows. Um, this airport here is one of the airports. That has a contract with the United States government to give fuel to military aircraft. So yes, they do stop in from time to time. But uh, I didn't, I didn't see or hear of it today. But I did see the video out there, and I had a lot of messages sent to me asking if it was a, if it was my son. And and no, it wasn't this time. But hopefully, he can get up here with the a jet, you know, sometime in the future. Uh, we did have a tragedy in our military aircraft community out in the Miramar area of California. Miramar uh, Marine Corps Air Station Miramar, which used to be Naval Air Station Miramar, where Top Gun was based. Uh, it's now a Marine base, a Marine Air Base. Uh, there was some type of tragedy with a with an F-18 uh, plane aircraft uh, that went down uh, late last night. I believe it was like 11:45. It went down on military grounds, so it was not none, no one in the public or any public. Uh, property was not damaged during the case, but the pilot in that crash has unfortunately perished in that crash. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the Marine Corps family as a whole. I believe the plane is an East Coast Squadron-based plane, was out there doing some sort of training or doing something out there. So uh, that's really all the information that's out there. Usually it's 24 to 48 hours for any public information on who the pilot was due to notifications and such, which I'm sure everybody could understand. But you know, it, hit, it hits close to home when I see something like that, and, uh, you know, it should hit all of us close to home because here's someone training to protect our freedoms at, at a moment's notice out there that had either some sort of unfortunate accident, um, mechanical malfunction, bird strike. There could be any reasons uh, that this, there was an issue with this plane, and, and we'll find out more uh, as we move forward. But, again, our thoughts and prayers go out to all in our aviation and military families out there, especially the ones affected by uh, this loss out in Miramar. Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. The Marines, as well as the Navy, fly at the F-18 Hornets and Super Hornets. There's the Legacy Hornets, which are the smaller Hornets. And you have the Super Hornets, which are the new, more larger, more advanced Hornets that are out there. I'm not sure which one this was because the Marine Corps does fly some of the Legacy Hornets as well. So, uh, you know, that's it as far as the the stuff that's uh, going around in our area. Um you know, people were saying, you know, you could hear the roar of the plane. It was always something, you know, something different when it take, took off. And again, if you go to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport Facebook page, they got a great video of it taxiing and taking off uh, this afternoon. 
It's always great to see. I, you know, I, I do not get enough of that, and, and it seems like from the comments in that page, and again, some of the comments were asking if it was Rob O'Donnell's son from WILK, uh, shows that you guys don't get enough of it. It's always great to see Freedom Roar, and that's exactly what our F-18s and our, and our fighter aircraft do. Um, now, with the, with the debate yesterday, and again, it's Friday, Friday, August 25th, 2023. Um, you know, we try to keep Fridays, you know, kind of chill. You know, I like to wind down the week. Uh, you know, I try and tune out as much politics and as much news as I can on the weekends. Like I said, this weekend, hopefully starting tomorrow morning, weather cooperating, I am building a dining room table. Uh, my son and his wife have asked me to build their dining room table. And, uh, you know, I did all the measurements. I have all the plans. I did everything I need to do. It's just a matter to, matter, uh, matter of picking up the wood, you know, making my cuts and uh, assembling it. I'll probably assemble it in several pieces and put it together finally down there. It'll just be easier to carry and transport and such that way. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, hopefully it comes out the way I see it in my head. I've done stuff like this before when... When my wife and I were first married, I built our first bedroom set for them. I built our headboard and our platform for our bed, and it was a big uh, console headboard with shelves and drawers and interior, like uh, overhanging lights, and, and it came out real well. And to this day, we still have it. I actually took that headboard, finished the back of it, which would have been up against the wall as a bed headboard, as a bed you know unit. And made it my downstairs bar. I put a countertop on it, you know, a nice oak counter bar top, uh, rounded edge, uh, nice tongue and groove finishing on the on the front of it, which was the back of the headboard, the bed headboard. And to this day, 38 years later, it still sits in my basement as my bar. Now it's an eight foot, an eight foot bar. So um, you'll never get those things go to, to uh, go to go to waste. And uh, I, I built uh, my kids' youth headboards, which were basically little shelves with a tongue-and-groove bottom where the mattress went up against. They were twin-size headboards. Those are pushed together, and those are my bar shelves for my glasses behind my bar. So repurposing, that's the way to go. You know, if you do these things and they're made right and they're built strong, you can repurpose them to uh, to other uses. And like I said now... I got to post a picture of uh, you know my bar downstairs, and show you guys what I'm talking about. But it came out real well, and you know got a couple stools in front of it, real nice. Got nice oak shelving, with uh, some nice light, highlight lighting on it for all my whiskey bottles, uh, my bourbon bottles that are up there. A little, a little other stuff there too. So I got uh, several different kinds of rums and uh, and vodka bottles as well. But that's where I like to go and hang out, especially in the, the cooler months, the, the fall and winter months. It's great to sit down there. Got the big TV, got the couches, and that's what we do down there. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that this weekend. Hopefully I, I uh, get that done. I have an, uh, something I have to do on Saturday night, so hopefully I can get it done. And uh, if not, finish it out on Sunday. Sunday looks good. Actually, tomorrow looks partly sunny with just a few spotty showers. I'm looking at the weather now. And Sunday, uh, again, mix of sun and clouds, a little breezy at times and less humid, which I'm looking forward to. I'm done with this humidity. I think my, in my bedroom today, it was 88% humidity. Uh, I have one of them, the meters that shows that as well. And it was just sticky today. It was hot and sticky, but then the rain didn't make anything better. So these cool nights, they, they kind of offset with this humid days that we get. But, you know, to get back to what's been going on this week, there have been a lot of questions about the you know, the debate that we had this weekend and 
especially Vivek Ram- Ramaswamy. You know, he's been under... I wanted him to be better at the debate. Some people think he did do great, and I just didn't see it. But if you saw it that way, that's that's fine. That's great. And, uh, you know, that's your perspective on it. That's how you saw it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, he he, he just kind of t- he turned me off more than drew me towards him more. But, you know, if you look into some of the things, there was the quote that he he was it was very similar to a quote Obama used about the you know the skinny guy with the funny name that nobody knows up on the stage that's very similar to what Obama said during one of his first presidential debates and um, you know more so he 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 kind of touted how he came from nothing how his family came here from from India and they were poor and you know he made something of himself and and make no mistake he did he is a successful business person you know his his net worth I think is 950 million dollars and I think he's only not a billionaire recently because of you know the changes in the economy. But uh, you know he, he he is the son of Indian immigrants. He studied at Harvard and obtained his law degree from Yale. Uh, there are some things, and he sort of touched on it. It was challenged with it where he took a, a grant or a scholarship from a Soros-backed program, and he kind of brushed it off that you know it was just a he applied for general grants and that was the grant he got. And it was George Soros' brother who he got the grant from to help him with his Harvard, I'm sorry, his Yale Law degree. But it doesn't come, it doesn't come with some questions, some more questions. Uh, he did not come from a poor background. His parents were well-established professionals. His father was an engineer. His mother was a doctor, um, doing very well from themselves. And when he got that Soros named grant or scholarship or whatever you want to call it for his Yale law degree. Um, he himself, Vivek Ramaswamy, was making like four or $500,000 a year, and he got this grant to help him go to law school. So there's questions you know, there as it comes to that. And this is not to diminish in any way because you could look at a lot of – most politicians are either very wealthy or – or um, or will be very shortly, you know, after the, they get into office. I mean, you don't see uh, AOC crying about money anymore, do you? Except when it comes up to give herself a raise. But in the debate, there were there were some there were some three card Monty things going on. I, I like to call this this governor from where is he from? South, not South Dakota. That's uh, let me see the. You know, it's bad when I don't even know their names. Um, the, the second governor, who he got some talking time. I'll find it. Not Asa Hutchinson, the other guy. Asa Hutchinson didn't really get much of anything. Here he is, Doug Bergman. Doug Bergman basically bought his way onto this debate. He kind of did a sleight of hand to get onto the debate stage. And I'm sorry for the delay there. But again, I just have no clue what his name is because he means very little to me as far as a candidate. Uh, He's a billionaire, Governor Doug Bergman, North Dakota governor. And what he did, now you have to have 40,000 private donations to your campaign in order to make the debate stage. That's one of the criteria levels. What he did was very smart. 
but he kind of bought his way on. Now, he, he funded his own campaign like $10 million. So it's his money. He can spend it how he wants. And, you know, you can argue that getting on a debate stage is, is PR. So that's what he spent his money on. But what he did is he, con- he went to different colleges and he had his surrogates go to different colleges. And the, 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 the spread of the word of mouth got him into this debate where he said, for every college student who gets another college student, to donate a dollar to my campaign. So all a college student had to do was donate a dollar to his campaign. I will pay you $20. So in essence, he was paying $20 for a $1 campaign contribution from college students. Now, think about it. You're a college student. You go to your other college buddies and say, hey, we can all get 20 bucks. There's 10 of us, 15 of us. This is 100 of us. We'll, we'll each get 20 bucks. Look, he paid me. I recommended you. You paid a dollar. You got 20 bucks. You got someone else. So you had to recommend someone else to, to donate just a dollar to his campaign. And he paid them $20. Now, a smart move on his part to be able to basically buy his way on that stage. But these are the tricks that we don't hear about. These are not the mainstream things that are out there that says, yeah, he pretty much bought his way onto the GOP debate platform. Yes, he did get the 40000 independent donations they most of them were a dollar and he ended up paying 20 times that to get them but again you can argue what better way to get noticed than to be on that debate stage and he did get noticed he did get a lot of speaking time but he didn't get noticed enough to where i even know his name just this story about how he got there so you know a little little interesting facts about vivek ramaswamy that you know he kind of embellished his, you know, came coming from nothing to make himself a millionaire, billionaire. His parents were very well off. He went to a, a private school as a child that was like $13,000 a year. So he did not come from nothing and build everything. He's not one of these, you know, look, you know, poor success stories. He was coming from a very upper middle class, upper class family who did even better on his own. So that's not to downsize what he's done, you know, personally and professionally. It's just saying it's not what he's kind of making it out to be himself. And at this point in the stage, when you're trying to make a name for yourself, being disingenuous, not telling the whole truth, backfires on you very easily. And that's one of the reasons I bring it up to kind of give a whole full picture of something in this debate that we really don't talk about. How one person in the debate, the South Dakota governor, bought his way onto the debate stage and how Ramaswamy is not that, you know, poor child, rich child success story that he makes himself out to be. It's uh, 323 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Friday, August 25th, 2023. Things that are happening uh, in the headlines, things that are in our atmosphere. But probably won't get into them in depth, but they're happening, so we should be aware of them. Lackawanna DA submits a brief supporting the Office of Youth and Family Services charges. I suggest you all take a look at that. I think it was in today's uh, Times Tribune. A new bagel shop opens up in Kingston. Can never have enough bagel shops, so hopefully it's a good one. Penn State football academics anchoring the Big Ten. Need to do better to bring up those GPA boys. Former National Guardsman and federal worker charged with unemployment fraud. Dunmore police charged Scranton man with delivering drugs causing death. Good. 
Judge sentences Plains Township woman who falsely accused prison guards. Good again. Local college classes start. Saw everybody at our local areas uh, packing in or uh, starting class already. Good luck to all the college students in our area. Hopefully they do great things and go on to do great things. And the Fed's annual conference on inflation and interest rates being held in one of the richest places in America. Go figure that out. And that's it for Rob's Rundown. I may expand on that a little bit now that we're done with Rob's Rundown on this Friday, August 25th, 2023. Yeah, the Fed's, the Fed, this annual conference, they have this annual conference where they talk about inflation and interest rates. And you know the Fed has been increasing our interest rates where our mortgage rate is at currently at 7.23%, which is the highest it's been in 22 years. But this conference of, uh, you know, to decide our inflation and our interest rates is being held at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, one of the richest places in, in, the, in America. So what does that say to people like you or I? You know, I'm sure the government's picking up a lot of the tabs on a lot of the stays there. It's interesting how these conferences always take place in, you know, Hawaii or Orlando or Jackson Hole, Wyoming or places like that. So, uh, so uh, you know, you, you have to wonder. You have to wonder, you know, are they reading the room? And it, it goes into the, the house prizes there and everything else, you know, millions upon millions of dollars, the home's worth there. And, uh, I mean, even the, the lower income there is considered almost $100,000 in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So, you know, maybe they should have these Fed annual conferences in, let's say, Chicago, Baltimore, Philadelphia. Hell, have it here, Scranton or Wilkesbury. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. But, you know, it's just one of these things where you have these out-of-touch individuals, these politicians, because, yes, they work for the Fed. They're doing – they're politicians. They're all politicians. It's all political. They would they would do a worse thing for us in a heartbeat if it was politically beneficial to them. And that's what we have to realize. E- either party, either or, it doesn't matter. We have to uh, realize that it's money and power. We are just the game pieces for that game that they want to win. That's all. Doesn't matter who's in charge. Doesn't matter who's at. Both parties have been in charge. Both parties have had super majorities. Both parties have done nothing to fix Social Security. Both parties have done nothing to fix Medicare. No parties have done anything. They play with our military back and forth as a threat. They play with abortion back and forth as a threat. Game pieces in their little game board where money and power is all they're worried about. That's what politicians are. That's what politicians do. Until we get a new breed of politician, this is the life we live. This is the board we live on. So, you know, we can either push back and make them change their ways to where they are more receptive to make things better truly for us. It's the the never-ending cycle. You know, if if a... if they took care of something, if they solved a problem, no one else could make money off of it. No nonprofits could make money off it. No non-government organizations could make profit off it. There wouldn't be CEOs and different 10 levels of management dealing with that program, be it homelessness, be it education, be it abortion, be it any of the top things. 
if they if if, the, if they turned around, if we turned around as a country and said we could fix this in in a month, and we did, they would fight us on every turn because it's their cookie jar, it's their gravy train, it's their existence. What would they do on either side, pro or for either either one? I'm not even taking a side. Both sides, they need the fight. They need the argument. They need the problems not to be solved. We have to realize that. And when we do, we move forward and they don't. Or they either move forward with us or they don't. It's 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. Hey, with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 3.38, 79 degrees and partly sunny. Uh, with that uh, moon lunar landing from India and the rover going out there, and we know a call center is going to be set up anytime soon calling us about our car's extended warranty. Hey, this is James. I'm calling from the moon. I'm trying to get in touch with you about your car's extended warranty. I'm waiting for that to happen. Um, you can call the Texas show at 570-883-0098. We'll uh, touch base with uh, Joe from Berwick on gun violence. Joe. Oh, Detective Robert O'Donnell, have I got something interesting for you? <laughs> so anyway, Don't you know my how Friday. you get these Don't phone calls? Don't my Friday. Okay. Well, you know how you get these phone calls sometimes about, you know, these people who call themselves uh, knowledgeable and they challenge you and say, oh, you can't prove me wrong. And they like to quote statistics and whatnot. Well, there was recently something like that going on in my local paper. And this person saying, oh, it's absolutely untrue that Democrat run areas have more gun violence. And he gave these statistics, right? Yeah. And and so the person took him up on that challenge, and they found out something very interesting. It is true that statistically, oftentimes, there's more gun violence in rural areas than there are urban areas. But the caveat to that is that gun violence includes suicide rates, because apparently two-thirds of gun violence is suicides. Now, if you take suicides out of it, the urban areas by far exceed any of the rural areas in what we traditionally would term gun violence, uh, you know, being that being crime. Yeah, and what you also have in a lot of those studies, what you also have to look for is they compound in justified use of force incidents into their gun rules. So people who were defending yeah. themselves or police officers who shot you know, lawfully and legally to protect themselves or someone else, they lump those into gun violence as well, a lot of those studies. Yeah, so when these people call you and claim that, you know, you can't prove them wrong, I, I just— I just thought you'd find it interesting because I know you look into these things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be uh, manning the uh, concession stand tonight, Rob, at the uh, Central Columbia High School football game. So okay. if if you stop by, I promise I'll drop a burger on the ground for you and <laughs> you'll get one, okay? No, I'll gladly pay for a burger to support our local sports. I love I love our local sports, and, and any time I can yeah, get out I, to do I, them. I do, too. I'll tell you what. Um, High school teams can really be exciting. They can really put on some good games at times. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping tonight that ends up being the case. 
Yes, yeah, so, so do I. And, and like I said, I, I coached my son. I coached his friends, you know, in, in youth and junior football up in, uh, for the Lakeland Chiefs for many years. Uh, what was it, five years, six years? And then, uh, you know, I watched him play through his high school career. And every now and then, even now, recently, when I just moved back here from the, from the uh, you know, Virginia area, I, I stopped by a youth uh, football practice and just sat there and watched these these seven eight and nine year olds run around the field and play and just had a ball watching it and, and you know i love going to the high school games and watching them i kind of tuned out you know the nfl so i'm all about college high school uh and even youth football now you know where like i said if i'm driving by and there's youth football going on and i got nothing to do i'm probably going to pull over and watch it for a little bit so support your local yep. sports what time's the game tonight out there in central columbia I think about 630 because I was told to show up about quarter of six. So I'm going to say about 630. All right. Looks like the weather's supposed to be nicer this evening. Hopefully you get out there. People get out there and support your local sports to see what games are playing in your area. All right. Well, listen, you have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate your call. You have a great Uh, weekend as well. Thank you. Thank Uh, you. Uh, and I mean that, you know, look, if you'd see if your local high school is having a game tonight, go out and support them, especially first game opening game. You know, if the weather's going to be nice tonight, hopefully, you know, there's really nothing just supposed to be cloudy tonight in 66. So, you know, get out there, support your sports, uh, go to the concession stand because that money goes to support the kids as well. Uh, and all the kids, the bands, the cheerleaders, the, the football team, everybody who's, who's involved with the event on this day. So support your local sports is my message there. It's 3.43 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is 3.46 on this Friday, August 25th, 2023. 79 degrees and partly sunny. You know, I've said it time and time again. You know, your kids, your college kids are already gone for the most part unless they're, you know, local to home and staying at home, which is, is a great thing. Get to spend some time with them and, and go through that process, that collegiate process with them. Nothing wrong with that. I know, you know, my daughter wanted to get, you know, far enough away from home to where we just couldn't pop in, but, you know, not too far to where she couldn't come home when she wanted to. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that. But uh, high school kids are going to be going back soon. Uh, the sports have already, you know, picked up. It looks like some of the Teams are having their first games tonight. Uh, later in the show, we're going to talk about the you know the college games that are out there. And and just to brag, you have the Navy Notre Dame competition going on in Ireland, in Dublin, Ireland. And today the game is tomorrow, but today was uh, rugby, Navy rugby versus Notre Dame rugby. And um, I hate to say to the Irish fans that Navy beat Notre Dame seventy-eight to nothing in men's rugby today. So uh, it was 48 nothing at the half, but 78 nothing Navy over Notre Dame in Ireland, in Dublin, for the Shamrock match. Tomorrow is going to be the football game, and we'll see what happens. you got a lot of new. You have the former defensive coordinator, now the head coach for Navy, and their coach, Ken Niatamanololo, was there for many years, had a very successful career there, but it was time to move on. And uh, they picked their defensive coordinator to do that. So it's going to be interesting to see what the offense looks like. I don't think there will be much change with the defense. They did have a lot of turnovers with a lot of their starters from last year. But Navy always puts out a tough team. They're always uh, tough to play. They, they play their style of football, you know, the read option. Uh, they're, we're being told they'll, they'll 
to look for a little more passing in this new offensive scheme that they have, and it'll be interesting to see it. I haven't been down there normally like last year. When I was down there, you know, I'd walk by practice every day and watch them. Now, uh, you know, really can't do that anymore. So I really don't have an idea how they're going to be this this year. But next, when is it? Next week, not next week. In two weeks, I'll be down in Annapolis to see them in their home opener against Wagner. I believe that's the 8th or 9th. That's their September 11th game. So I'm looking forward to that. But we're going to talk about more games for our area as well. Um, what would you say, Jake? I couldn't hear you. September 9th is the game. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm looking forward to that, the Wagner game. I'm going to try and make the games I can. Most of them are on Saturdays. Most of them are on Saturday afternoons. Leave here early Saturday morning. Probably spend the night at either a hotel or a friend's house down there. And I just love the atmosphere, love the tailgate. And looking forward to it. It's uh, really, truly my favorite time of year. And uh, hopefully it, it it's a good season as well. Um, with the rebuilding process, you know, I'm... I'm open to know that that's what it is. It's going to be a rebuilding process. Uh, hopefully it's fast, but we'll see. It's uh, 3.50 here on WILK and the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It is 3.54 here in the studio, 79 degrees and partly sunny out there. Uh, I believe it was earlier this week we were talking about how Dix had to... Uh, lower its bottom line for its investors due to basically theft. You know, they they called it something else, but it was a, it was basically stock issues. I think they they tried to put it not stock as far as the stock market. Stock is in people grabbing whatever they want and leaving with it. But Dix is now Dix Sporting Goods to lay off employees as the retail thefts cut into its profits profits. So that's how they're dealing with, with this. Not only do you have the things in there that you can't find because they're just being stolen by these these thieves all over the country, but they're endangering you by allowing this to take place. And, and why these retail stores haven't haven't realized this is beyond me. You know, and and it doesn't have to be someone that's trying to stop them because you know what? If this what is if this was what the stores wants, this is what they're gonna get. And I I implore you guys out there, if you are out there seeing this stuff go on, stand back and let it happen. Do not get involved. Unless you or your family are in danger, don't get involved. They tell their employees not to get involved. They are firing employees who do get involved. So say you do get involved. Say you try to be that good Samaritan, which which we should. I know it's against the nature of a lot of people. But you do that. And this this thief gets hurt. Well, the thief's going to sue you because this is what they do, because lawyers jump on it and say, hey, we got something here because it's happened in, in a, say, a Dick's Sporting Good, a Walmart, any store, Home Depot, any store. And you're going to have the store say, well, our policy not is to interfere with them because we don't want anybody to be injured. And who puts on the, the hook now? You. You are. Let it happen. Let it go. I'm telling you right now, this is what they want. This is what the atmosphere they've created. And let them, the big box stores, use their weight to deal with the municipalities who also told their police and law enforcement, don't chase these individuals. There'll be no, there'll be no pursuits. Um, you know, 
use only minimal force if you come in contact with them. It's only a property crime. It's not serious. Then you get DAs that are dropping the charges. And again, the thief who may have scraped his elbow or was put in handcuffs too tight or spent some time in jail, when the DA drops the charges, turns around and sues the police department for unlawful arrest. This is the cycle they've created. So again, I implore you out there, if you see this, and I've seen it here in our area. You've seen it here in our area. We see the police departments put videos of these people walking out of Home Depot, walking out of Lowe's, walking out of Walmart, walking out of Dick's Sporting Goods with, with stuff that they didn't pay for. Their policy is to not have their employees get involved. And like I said, they will leave you hung out to dry if you try and be that good Samaritan who tries to do the right thing. And believe me, it is the right thing to stop thieves. It's the right thing from, for anyone to do that. We, we should be getting involved in stuff like this, but they've created an atmosphere where we can't. You are risking yourself, your financial security, your well-being, and your health by intervening. So my professional advice to you as former law enforcement, 30 years in the process, is stand by. You know, if you could take video without targeting yourself so they don't turn on you, if you can get a good detailed description, a lot of times the vehicles that they jump in are stolen, so the plates, getting the plates are most of the time useless, but you could get it. Hopefully they're that stupid to use one of their real cars and get involved in that way. That's the best thing you can do. This is what they asked for. Let them deal with it. And you know what? When you get hurt in their store because they're allowing this free-for-all, same thing. Contact a lawyer. Contact people and say, hey, my safety was put at risk. When I enter this store, I have the expectations that it's a safe environment, an environment where I'm going to spend money and shop and buy a product, and they have created an atmosphere of lawlessness that endangered my life and injured me. That's the only way these stores are going to learn. That's the only way municipalities are going to learn. It's the only way DAs are going to learn. When it gets to that point where enough people say, we can't even go shopping anymore, or these stores start to close and leave the neighborhoods and leave areas to where you have to drive 40, 50 miles to get to a Walmart, 40, 50 miles to get to a, um, you know, a, a Home Depot or a Lowe's or an Ace True Value or any of the other stores that are out there. They've created the atmosphere. Let them suffer the consequences because of it. Stand aside, get good descriptions, take a picture or two, take some video if you can. Other than that, your job is to make sure your family's safe and that you are not a target in this whatsoever. They've created an atmosphere. Let them suck it up. But here, not only you have that going on in the stores, but to make up for this, they're firing poor employees that did nothing but wanted to work for the company and make a living because they are tolerating lawlessness. And that can't go on. It's uh, almost 4 o'clock here on the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. We'll be back after these messages at 101.3, 910, 980, and 1300 AM.